and we are live. Happy Friday, Dog Nation. Uh, with me, as always, is Keegan Chanel. This Ooh-hoo. is Football season is back, and so are we. This is Dogs Off So it's a long time coming, Keegan, but we're finally here. We're finally at the Friday before kickoff of, I mean, I guess we call it SEC season, but now you've got the Big Ten and other conferences. They've finally come on back, and I think everybody's on board now in college football. I know it's kind of surreal considering this crazy year we've had in 2020, but I'm excited for football, and I know all the Georgia fans are as well, and it'll be a nice little pick-me-up and uh, – a semblance of normalcy, and I won't jinx the the trajectory of the season just yet. But, you know, I'm excited for it, man. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and, you know, COVID has, you know, taken its toll. Um, we we kind of slid by for quite some time. But uh, in the end, uh, since we last met with you, Dog Nation, we have been, I mean, I won't say terribly affected, but we have now officially lost uh, Jamie Newman to the opt-out, which has kind of left the door open for a new quarterback competition. So pros and cons. Cons, I really think Jamie Newman was really going to give us that opportunity to push over the top. I really liked his athleticism and his arm and just the actual uh, dual threat ability that he's shown and what that could have meant for our team. And, you know, he's an older guy, wouldn't really have to lean on him learning. But, you know, since he's gone, uh, we are now being picked to finish second in the SEC East behind Florida. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, Keegan, but how do you feel uh, hearing that now? Do you think that's fair with the quarterback change, or, or do you think we're still deep enough to bust Florida's head come Jacksonville time? Well, I think it's an interesting wrinkle, and the main thing is just the amount of reps that players actually are able to get. And I know Kirby mentioned that it was actually a benefit that he opted out when he did and that he came in a little bit later when he did because a lot of guys – we're, you know, able to get those reps. And I feel like we've seen in years past with other quarterbacks, especially if you look at, like, the trajectory of, like, these freshman quarterbacks or just, you know, transfer quarterbacks, it seems like about midseason is, like, kind of the learning curve. So I think it's unfortunate that we're going to be, you know, in a position where we have for Georgia this year in our unique schedule our harder stretch of opponents are right up at the beginning of the season. With that in mind, I feel like that is the one thing, like it had it been in reverse and our easier games were, let's say, flipped, you know, towards the beginning, then I feel like it, would, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. But but considering, you know, week two, whoever's in there for Georgia, be it Juan Mathis or it looks like potentially JT Daniels, then, you know, the learning curve is going to come at the brunt of the season. So, uh, I think we have depth to do it. I think uh, Jamie Newman, he kind of had what I like in uh, J.C. Daniels and Juan Mathis. He kind of had both elements more well-rounded and had the senior leadership, you know, going on as well. But I, I think as far as Georgia football history goes in this season, we're in a better position than years past where we were left with like a Joe Tarasinski or even someone who's pretty good like Hudson Mason or Grayson Lambert. All these guys were – not at the same tier with what we got now, especially for, like, their ceiling. So we're in a good position, and we'll just have to see how it plays out. And hopefully uh, whoever's out there is meshing and learn the system, and we can 
get the ball rolling. Hundred percent. And we yes, talked sir. about the offense enough, and Todd Munkin. Now, really, it's going to lean on his uh, his coaching ability. Uh, Kirby hasn't been very vocal about who's going to be the starter, but I do trust he's going to put the best person out there. So whether it be Dwan or JT, uh, JT hasn't been cleared yet because of his knee. Personally, I would like to see Dwan go ahead and start with JT's injury concern because both of these guys are going to be our future. So let the best let the best guy win, let the best guy play, and make it a true competition. I think that brings out uh, the best in everybody. Um, but yeah, those are some of the a few of the updates offensively that we've dealt with uh, since we last talked to you guys, Dog Nation. Um, but we also had the All SEC players uh, released, and Georgia did a really good job. I mean, obviously we have a, a strong returning defense and a lot of the offense. In total, we had nine players uh, on the All SEC team. We had uh, four, three first place uh, players in Jordan Davis, the nose tackle, Malik Herring the defensive end, and then Richard LeCount uh, on the back end. Second team was Pickens, who I'm super excited about. I think he's a fringe first team, if anything. Trey Hill at center, Monty Rice at linebacker, uh, Eric Stokes, cornerback, and then Camarda, who is going to have his hands full in special teams, whether it's just punting or if he actually gets to kick some field goals. And then third team, Demir White um, made the team. And I think the talent is there. But, you know, coming off injuries, he has only had a handful of opportunities. Um, so, as you can see, we're deep, which is why it's kind of a head-scratcher for me that we got picked to finish second in the East. Yes, we're not – we don't have the guy that we wanted at quarterback, but the rest of this team is absolutely deep. Uh, your thoughts on, um, you know, the all-SEC team? Anything surprise you? Anybody you wish that you did see on there from our team? Not necessarily. I think it just speaks to the depth that a guy – of the SEC that a guy like George Pickens can not make the first team SEC. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> if, if anything, he's a top three or top five, at, you know, at worst uh, receiver in college football. I, I think that, uh, you know, all that's cute, but we've seen championship teams of the past that were just, uh, you know, just – a little bit above average, but had a star like Cam Newton be a championship contender. And a lot of the Clemson teams that have been, you know, prior to the last couple of years, uh, their original championship team or some of the teams that maybe could have made a push uh, in this new Clemson era, they, those teams were also, you know, just a group of guys that were just pretty good and uh, just had the good team. The team, the team chemistry was there, but they might have had a star or two. So I don't really look too into uh, preseason, you know, things. Although it is great and it makes the university look good. I mean, a lot of the years Georgia fell flat. They had, you know, top first round draft picks on their team. So it's all, it's all, it's cute. It's great, but it's not really that important for me as a fan. Like, hey, let me let me give you some credit in that regard because um, not that it's any revelation or anything, but you're always talking about how a vital a role leadership plays uh, on football teams and teams in general. Uh, but more specifically, I think across all sports right now, especially in this uh, COVID season, if um, for lack of a better term, I guess, uh, you're seeing it in basketball. You're, you're seeing it in the NFL. You're going to see it in college football. Leadership and experience are what has really, or I think will come to the for- forefront as, you know, playoffs and, you know, those championship teams emerge. Um, NBA NBA being a good example, too. Like, 
you're seeing the vets kind of uh, take over. And a lot of teams that, you know, haven't been able to be there mentally are struggling just as if, you know, injuries. And I think that's going to play a big role this year. And I think Georgia, if anything, we have an abundance of leadership. Kirby's big on that. I know you're big on that. And um, I probably didn't – I probably underrated leadership as a sports viewer myself, but I'm starting to see how much importance it really has. And I uh, just wanted to note, give you, give you credit for that for sure. Appreciate it. And then yeah. as far as our uh, opening our opening matchup, I think most people are aware we've had the schedule released for some time now. Now, we've got a pretty tough slate. We're, we're going to end up playing, I think it's four or five ranked teams in the first month and a half of our season. Obviously, most people are thinking about Alabama, but we've, we've got a – I mean, it's the SEC. It's the SEC-only schedule. So it's not any tougher than what we would normally have, but take the cupcakes out, put an SEC team there. So – it's, we're really going to be tested, and then we open up with Arkansas, and as we know, their head coach is now Sam Pittman, who is a crucial part of the University of Georgia getting uh, to where we are now, one of uh, Kirby's self-admittedly uh, biggest hires. Um, and and I, I think it's going to take some time. They have a, I won't say terrible, but they don't have a good roster as of right now. But Sam Pittman is going to get that train moving in the right direction uh, very soon. So, Keegan, I just wanted to ask you, do you think the season will start off sloppy or like the NFL, <laughs> at least if you're a fantasy player, in the NFL, the offenses have scored, I think, more points up to this point than any other season in NFL history. So it hasn't affected them, but what do you think the difference is going to be versus, you know, turnovers or familiarity? How do you think the season's going to start? Well, I think that the trend in general is just that offenses are, like, scoring more points. I mean, the – between the you know the trend of just having like the run pass option with most of the quarterbacks, it seems more and more just more so like kind of these spread style explosive offenses. I think the learning curve for defenses is going to take a minute for that trend to slow down. I think that has more to do with just offenses in general. But in terms of just like this season in college football and this game in particular with Arkansas, I feel like Georgia is you know right where they need to be in terms of having. It's chemistry and a kind of a little bit of stability coming into the season. Like, granted, yes, there's going to be some challenges with COVID, and I think for Georgia, you know, we just got spread. We got a new OC. We got a QB situation that's developing. I think on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be something to watch. But I think if Georgia can hold their own on offense and just have production and be steady and you know, learn from their mistakes as they're growing in this season here, right? I think that their defense was so dominant, and when Kirby took the job at Georgia, I think last season surpassed my expectations for what I thought of when I think of a Kirby Smart defense coming from the Alabama brand. I think last season he actually surpassed my high expectations, and he's got many of those same faces, most of them, on the defense this season with a couple of guys that, you know, did pretty good that could definitely elevate their game because they're still young, not to mention all the star-studded cast coming in for defense. So if you take all of that into consideration, I feel great about Georgia uh, coming in with some not necessarily being sloppy and having consistency because they are primed to survive the situation, albeit with an asterisk, if they can hold it together and just have production on offense. They could they could win this whole hard stretch that we have with that, honestly. I, I, think, we're, I think we're definitely capable of that, no doubt. Yeah. 
So I feel I feel good considering, I guess, with COVID this month. Now I think uh, at first look, again, a lot of people are probably thinking of Arkansas as old, but there have been some major changes, not just at the um, head coach position, but Barry Odom, who used to be the head coach of Missouri. Obviously, that wasn't the best situation. He ended up getting fired. He is now the new defensive coordinator at Arkansas. And if there's one thing I do like when there are coaching changes, for me particularly because I, I usually see there's a lot of success when it happens, I like when head coaches come down and co- go back to their coordinator roles, wherever their specialty is, because I feel like if you've had the responsibility of being a head coach and you can now focus uh, all your energy on the one side of the ball and you don't have to face the program, you, you flourish a little bit. So I expect Barry Odom in time to do a good job with this team. And then another familiar face, which should make dog fans uh, extremely happy, is Felipe Franks. Now, Felipe has uh, – he transferred from Florida. And we're used, to, we're used to giving him a lot of bad days and a lot of headaches when he was at Florida. And it's not that he's always a terrible quarterback, but he's just never been able to put it together, um, you know, whether it's reading defenses or – uh, making all the throws or, uh, you know, performing under pressure. So while he's an experienced quarterback, I do expect us to give him a lot of trouble because his supporting cast now, Arkansas, will not be as good as it was at Florida. So I don't expect him to really take off. But one, one player on their team I do expect uh, for Kirby Keon and for the whole SEC to key on is uh, returning running back Rakeem Boyd. This, this running back, maybe not the most yards or touchdowns, but – easily one of the most explosive running backs in all college football. He was second in the FBS last year in uh, touchdowns of 50 yards or more. He actually had five of those last year. So home run hitter, obviously Kirby has a defense. He wants to limit big plays, so that means uh, limiting Rakeem Boyd. So just a few things uh, on Arkansas side that I think we need to look out for. And I know that you had some uh, keys to what you think is going to make us successful at Arkansas. Uh, and then some players that you want to look for uh, on the Georgia side that you're excited to look for coming into the season. So, yeah, I think if Georgia can manage the defensive side of the ball, it'll be an evident win. I think containing Felipe Franks and slowing down Rakeem Boyd, like you had mentioned earlier, are the keys to the game. And if we could just maintain a level of offensive production and just have points, period, I think it'll be a pretty solid win. And I don't know, we might, we might be surprised at how many points we actually are able to score. So as far as the players I'm looking forward to watching for this game with Arkansas, I would start off with Juan Mathis. I know many of us who have followed the story know that he came off a brain, you know, cyst and has had to overcome a lot. Looking at his tape and how we kind of just picked him up last minute from Ohio State, I think the story with Juan Mathis has been a pretty courageous one, and who knows where his uh, potential could land him. I think the sky's the limit, and I'm excited to see – a quarterback with mobility because I feel like the championship teams that we have witnessed take that next step, I think that's kind of one of the underlying themes is just having a quarterback that knows how to be mobile. Another player I'm looking forward to watching is Jermaine Burton. I think that like George Pickens last year, this could be his freshman coming out party. And since Dominic Blaylock is out, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia relies on someone like Jermaine Burton considering that defenses that we play this year will be in on Pickens. Another player that I'm very interested and hopeful to see take the field is Demir White. He haven't had prominent of that coming in. Uh, probably, even though I love uh, 
Swift, yeah, okay. Even though I love DeAndre Swift, we I don't feel like we've had an all-around, well-rounded back like this since Todd Gurley, so it'll be interesting to see what what kind of production we get out of Zamir White and how his legs hold up, considering this will be the first time he's really undergone college competition. Other than that, I'm looking at the kicker position to see where that takes hold. I know me and you, Cheetah, have both talked about it prior. and uh, We're not quite sure who is going to take the field. It looks like potentially either their uh, their freshman, Cheeto, his name. Um, Zirkel. Zirkel. And their, uh, the other kicker they have is Jack Podelsney. I think I'm saying that correct. Um, there's also been rumors that Camarda may be taking over. Uh, so, honestly, any one of those guys that – Yeah, I think we'll be set regardless. Yeah, yeah. So, so I feel like I yeah, that, it's, 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 I'll leave the I'll leave the pronunciation to you because I really don't know how to say it and I don't want to butcher it and I hate when people butcher mine. So we'll just say right. we, we we hope to see a, a kicker that's fairly accurate and that is um, good under pressure. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, but exactly. the player that I'm looking forward to, uh, I said James Cook earlier because that's that's one of the players that I uh, am looking forward to. Now you, you're right about uh, DeAndre Swift, who is a great back, but we haven't had a well-rounded back since Todd Gurley, and I think. This year is going to be another one of those years where we don't have a particularly well-rounded back right now. I think Kendall Milton is going to be that next guy. But for right now, we have a Chubb and Tony Michelle situation in Zamir White and James Cook, who I'm looking forward to. Now, the, the reason I'm really looking forward to James Cook is the new offense. We're not going to be uh, just in between the tackles, uh, 25 rushing attempts, bam, bam, bam in your face. We're going to do that some with Zamir. But in uh, Todd Munkin's offense, the running backs are going to be just as successful out in the flats, catching the football. So I'm hoping to see some screens, uh, some halfback angles coming out of the backfield. So I think he's really going to be utilized without putting him in the slot and getting crazy with it. Maybe we see some two running back sets, uh, something like that. But trust Todd Munkin. Both of these running backs are going to go for 1,000 yards in total yards a thousand total yards apiece, in my opinion, no doubt, because he's done it before with quality players like this, even less so on the quality side. Uh, and then also, I've really been raving about Jamari Sawyer for quite some time. Before, before they decided where he was going to play, I was already calling for him to be left tackle. I know Xavier Trust is a big guy, and he's from Rhode Island, but uh, Jamari is essentially the next Andrew Thomas. He's a Georgia kid. He's had tough competition his whole life. If this kid don't have quick feet, then you're not going to have a lineman that's going to have quick feet. He's going to be starting at the left tackle, and I'm, I'm, really, I'm really assuming here that he's going to be very successful at that position. I may be wrong, but that's who I'm looking for. And then we're set at the linebacker position this year, not only with Monty Rice returning, but this kid, N'Kobe Dean. When, when I see these prospects come through, I see flashes of other dominant players. Again, Jamari Sawyer, um, Andrew Thomas comparison, James Cook, Sony Michelle comparison. N'Kobe Dean is uh, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith through and through. Nice. This kid is a torpedo. Once he gets his read, he is, he is in your mouth. Nice. He will destroy offensive linemen that aren't. 330-plus, run by them, make a tackle on the backfield. This kid is going to be the next Roquan, no doubt. Keep an eye out on him. Uh, kid's a monster. Uh, and then uh, Dwan, like you said. I I'm really looking forward to Dwan, too, um, not only because of the stories and the narrative that's going to be written around him. We're going to hear this for the first month. Oh, he had the brain surgery. 
and he had such a long road coming back to compete. But that, that's really the truth of it. He's had some real-life struggles off the field, and a lot of times, especially at that age when you're kind of growing, physically he's already a man. Kid's 6'6", runs the 100-meter 100 meter, 100 meter, uh, race in 10.8, which is blazing. This kid has had some real-life struggles and could have lost his life. If he's not ready to play football and put it all out there on the line, there's nobody on the roster who is. So I'm really hoping that translate into some, you know, transcendent play here and there. Or even just, like, taking the, the jitters and starting the SEC out. Like, listen, I, I've had brain surgery. What have y'all done out here? Like, football football is a game Preach. to him at this point. It, it's, it's not a big deal. So I expect him to flourish. And I, I really hope he grows from having the competition of JT Daniels. But I think because he's going to start, uh, I am most looking forward to Dwan Mathis and um, – you know, as far as Arkansas goes, I, I do really expect our depth, our talent, and our continuity, especially on the defensive side, to ultimately win the day because that, that is what wins football games minus turnovers. Uh, so I think we're in a good position, and the people who voted for Florida, uh, to hell with them. I ain't even tripping on this. <laughs> this is gonna be hell with them both. For us, it, I, think we've been, I think we can honestly say we've probably downgraded from – national title contenders at this moment until we see the quarterback play, but I have a lot of confidence in Dwan Mathis. So um, that's where I stand. Uh, any predictions for you uh, going into Saturday? You want to take a swing at it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 49 dogs to 10 Arkansas. They have explosive run from Raheem Boyd that just sneaks away from us. Give him credit. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go uh, defense, have a good day. I'm going to go with 10 as well. Uh, offensively, I think we'll be a little rusty, breaking a new quarterback. I won't go 49. I won't go 42. Uh, let's see. 28, 31. I'll go, I'll go 34-10. Dogs on top to start the season. All right. Go dogs. All right, there you have it, Dog Nation. Uh, guys, I appreciate you uh, joining us. I know it's been a long time, but with COVID, uh, you know, we, we felt like we should let the let the tip fall before we got on here and podcasted too early. But tomorrow is game day. We are here. Uh, we'll be at a wedding, Keegan, watching it and celebrating uh, my best friend and one of our good friends, Christopher Singleton. So Singleton, uh, I'm excited about that. But the game will be watched. <laughs> the game will be watched and we'll have a good time. But uh, <laughs> next, yes, enjoy week one and uh, let's enjoy this season and enjoy these golden years that we got. Absolutely. And this portion of the podcast is dedicated to our friends, Bennett and Chris. I want to make you smile whenever you're sad. Carry you around when your arthritis is bad. All I want to do is grow old with you. And Murphy too. I'll get your medicine when your tummy aches. Better get those meds, Chris. Build you a fire if the furnace breaks. You hear that, so it could be so nice. Man to work. <laughs> growing old with you. I'll miss you, kiss you, give you my coat when you are cold. Need you, feed you, even let you hold the remote control.
Let me do the dishes in our kitchen sink Put you to bed when you've had too much to drink Oh, I could be the man Who grows old with you I wanna grow with you Love you guys. <laughs>